foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. It seems these days, Janie, that we no longer really want to dig into the Word of God and do a study on our own. We seem to think that we need some sort of series or a professor to teach us. Well, or sometimes we want to have a lesson that makes us feel better given to us by a person that we don't know. We yeah. haven't seen their life being an example. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they're just giving us words that come out of their intellectual understanding. Well, but, you know, you can market Christianity. I mean, just as easy as you can market <laughs> toothpaste. And uh, I, 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 I sadly laugh at the fact that we are doing that and probably getting an A-plus these days in marketing Christianity. And the way we even try to defend it uh, requires you to stop and buy somebody else's book or somebody else's opinions. Well, we have to make Christianity look good to the world in order to market it. Oh, well, all right, that's a thought because Exodus 20, the Lord gave the Ten Commandments. It says that the people witnessed thunderings, flashing lightness, the sound of a trumpet, the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. They weren't getting secondhand information. They were seeing the affirmation of the importance of the Ten Commandments that had just been given. By God himself. By God himself, person. Mm -hmm. But... In verse 19 of Exodus 20, it said, Then they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we'll hear. But let not God speak to us, lest we die. Mm. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you'll not sin. But the people stood afar off. But Moses drew near the thick darkness of where God is. Now, we always speak of God being light, and Uh he is. But Moses, at this point in time, was overwhelmed by the thunderings, the lightnings, the sound of the trunk, but the the mountain smoking, Mm -hmm. okay? That there was a thick darkness, but Moses drew near. His fear did not cause him to compromise and say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you're, you're right, guys. Let's just move away from but, this location. But and, you know what, Janie? In the chapter before that, God had told Moses to tell the people to cleanse themselves and to consecrate themselves because he wanted to come where they were. So he wanted to be among the people. He wanted to speak to them directly. He wanted to have that intimate relationship with them. And they pulled back 
and said, oh, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Moses, you talk to God for us and we'll hear you. But us to come close to God? No, we're not going to do that. That costs me too much. That's an excellent point. Now, we can take that, Sharon, and see how we have got it upside down in the New Testament times by looking at the church at Corinth. Okay. Okay. Oh, we don't really need to talk to God because we already know everything. Yeah, (laughs) we know it all already. We have perfect gifts. Mm -hmm. We have perfect wisdom. And by the way, Paul, we don't even need you to talk to us because we know more than you do. Now, if you take a very practical view at looking at first and second Corinthians, this is what the people were saying. Right. And, you know, I find the most intriguing issue, Sharon, that the Lord chose to speak to the church at Corinth. We know that that was the most worldly church that's ever uh-huh. really mentioned. All right? right. And do you know what he did? Do you know what Paul did? <laughs> what? I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the first three chapters, he told them who they were according to who Christ had made them to be before the foundations of the world. He taught them about the cross in the first three chapters. Before he ever started addressing their misdeeds, their mistakes, which was sin, but mm-hmm. we don't call it sin. We just oh, call yeah. it, well, it was a misdeed or it was a, a problem choice or a bad decision. Or I'm just a work in progress, Janie. Well, <laughs> and then we're knocking how slow we think God's doing that work. And by the way, that's a good point that you made. A work in progress is not an instant order from a fast food chain. It takes time, yes, and we have been conditioned and taught in our lack of discernment that we don't need to take time for anything except what gives us pleasure and feel good, and then we've got plenty of time. Yeah. Well, in 2 Corinthians thirteen five, Paul says to them that they should examine themselves, whether they are in the faith, to test themselves. So... Do you know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Well, and that sounds like that's pretty much of an imperative because in verse 6 it says, But I trust that you will know that you are not disqualified. And he's telling them, you better be careful how you're living and that you need to live according to the truth of Jesus Christ's word not the truth of your own understanding. And I think that's the problem a lot, Janie, is that when we examine ourselves and test ourselves, we're doing it through the filter of our own thinking, our own opinion. And sometimes we even excuse our behavior. In this same passage, he's telling them that after they examine themselves, they need to make sure that they are going to be approved so that they would not be disqualified. Right. Because when you have examined yourself and you are willing to deal, then in verse 8 it says, For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Oh, wow. And then he explains how one of the ways are that we can see Uh that. And why don't you read verse 9? For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray, that you may be made complete. 
Weakness is not a popular word to us of this world, and especially in America. Right. We believe we have to be strong in business. Mm -hmm. We must be the greatest VP. We must hold the greatest, highest offices. But you know what? Many times we are the weakest in the home. We're not developing our children and uh -huh. training them so that they see the strength that is in Jesus Christ through the right. father taking the lead, the mother nourishing as she could. Paul even said, I care for you like a mother that is taking care of children. Right. But we fail to discipline ourselves in the home. And so then, Sharon, a very, very sticky situation we have then there's no discipline in the church. Right. Well, I think that verse 8 is so interesting because it's basically the filter. You can do nothing against the truth, but you do for the truth. And that's walking in life because now you have got yourself back where it belongs, uh -huh. which is on the cross that the Lord asked you to deny yourself and take up your cross. Right. And that's the goal of examining. And our cross is different from Jesus Christ's cross. Right. But he right. has told us that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we will suffer. That's what I see with the story in Exodus they didn't want to go through what it would take to do the cleansing, to be held accountable. They just wanted Moses to teach them and say whatever God needed to say to them so that they didn't have to discipline themselves. Just give me the rules. Right. And and I'll I'll perform those rules but in a manner according to my selfish understanding. Right. And they wonder why they ended up in failure and bondage. Well, Janie, I see that a lot in us today in our churches. It's like we almost worship the author of a book or the preacher that's on TV or even a pastor. I mean, people have them up on pedestals. And that's what was happening at the church in Corinth. I'm after Apollos or I'm uh -huh. after... Right, right. See, and, they, and, and, and that preference mm -hmm. was creating divisions. Right. Because they weren't looking for the person of Christ so that when the torrents came in their life, they succumbed to their own way of dealing with problems. And then it did not profit them to do God's will my way. Right. And Sharon, when we meet conflicts or different thinking from our brothers, we see them as our enemy when really they are our brother. And so we need to find the balance in knowing how we can bless those that are in our family, one body, even when we don't necessarily agree with them. So how do we examine ourselves, Janie? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of principles. The first thing is I need to know who God is. Mm -hmm. I need to know him because that's what he told me was my priority for being here on earth. And once I learn as I grow to know him, then I need to know who I am in him. I know him first. And then I know my position, my identification, and then I can apply those truths to how I function. 
And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.